0: You ventured into the world of College Volleyball Weekly, covering the top teams in volleyball. Now, here's your host, Rob Sparrow, also known as Rob on the mic. All right, good day, everyone. I'm Rob Sparrow with College Volleyball Weekly. We've got a a very very early episode going on here, being that it is the month of October and the men's season starts in January. But uh, it's a great opportunity to uh, meet some of our newer coaches. Uh, we had some real fresh coaches on already, but we've got a year one coach and I thought what better time would there be than to speak today to NCAA semifinalist, head coach, and won every award in the MEVA last year and uh, coach of the year last year, which I got to uh, announce at the NCAA awards banquet. But uh, head coach of all state, Donan Cruz, thank you for coming on today.
1: Rob, thanks for having me, man. Uh, excited uh volleyball is in motion now for us here and i uh, excited to be on a podcast with you. Well,
0: you know, it's exciting because I, I got to meet you for the first time in person at at Westwood at the uh, national championships. Uh, did you ever think that you'd get a picture with John Hawks and he'd end up in the same conference as you this year?
1: <laughs> Definitely not what I was thinking about when we took that picture, but uh, really excited for uh, for John and, and um you know, excited to see what he's going to do at Loyola. And, you know, if he uh, continues to carry the same success he's had leading up to this role, then uh, he's going to do some good things there.
0: Excellent. Well, great group of guys together on shots. I'm honored to be able to take that pick of you guys, but uh, you know, I knew at one point we'd crossed paths. I knew that that what you're doing was a great thing out there at Ball State. But So I want to start by asking you, um, how'd you come across the Ball State head coach position? What what prompted you to... uh, to go in and apply.
1: You know, it was kind of twofold. Um, I know when Ball State uh, had a search out for a new head coach uh, after the announcement of uh, Joel's retirement uh, kind of early in the season, um, you know, I, at Grandview was such a great place for me and my family and um, you know, we really didn't have any intentions of, of leaving um, where we were and I received a couple of phone calls about interest in in seeing if there was some alignment between uh, my professional um, aspirations and and what Ball State had to offer, and it was just one of those really, really good opportunities. I felt like um, where I was at Grandview uh, was a really good transition opportunity for me uh, in that program in a very good place um, after winning um, that final season and and just kind of growing that program from ground zero. So, um, between a lot of different avenues of of conversation, um, I was just pretty fortunate to have my family and I uh, arrive to Muncie on a on a couple visits um, in the interview process. And you know, we just really could envision ourselves uh, with our with our three boys here, and uh, things have been great since then. Excellent.
0: Well, when you were when you received the position, what was your initial response in hearing that news, especially when you're leaving such a great situation at, at Grandview as a four time NIAI coach of the year and you're going to this D1 2 program that's always contending for postseason appearances?
1: Yeah, it was a very humbling opportunity. Um, and, you know, with only two coaches before me, with Coach Joel and, and Coach Shondell. Um, you know, it really was about having the opportunity for myself to kind of challenge and see what I could do, um, in, in some context in a much larger program, uh, you know, um, I think more competitive league for sure, uh, from top to bottom. So, um, humbling because of the tradition that ball state represents not only in men's volleyball, but. Uh, the impact you see in the coaching community on the women's side as well. Um, there's so much volleyball lineage that stems from this campus. And uh, to be able to put my um, name along with Christian and Mike in that same conversation, I just thought was a extremely um, big opportunity. And, and here we are.
0: That's excellent. Now, could you describe for our viewers and listeners what um, your expectations were going into your rookie coaching season instead so of speaking to 2022?
1: Speak, yeah, I think we're in the interview process, kind of going back to that piece. I think the alignment for me and what we had in, in commonalities with um, our former AD, Beth Getz and um, the current players uh, and the alumni base was, you know, people were hungry to, to win and compete at the highest level. Mm-hmm when we discovered that that was the goals and objectives uh, for the program in the interview process, you know, that was right in line with what I was um, sort of mindset on at Grandview. And I don't feel like the, you know, being new to a program and and having a new team and and sort of jumping right into a group that uh, we were um, grandfathered into was, any less expectation than try to do our best and, and play volleyball as long as you can in the season and mm-hmm. for us trying to win and compete for championships and conference and then put ourselves uh, in the best position to compete at the national level. And I thought we got a very close glimpse of that. And, uh, and then how season ended, you know, there's so many things one point here and there that just shift the landscape of how well you do. And, um, I, I just felt like our expectation was do our best and win. Uh, and and I thought the group last year really responded to that and um, and embraced every moment we had. Yeah, well, my, my next question for you was in regards to
0: your messaging and mission that you challenge your guys to. But I mean, almost sounds like what you just previously responded was that mission was to do your best and go play as long as you can. Um, but was it tough to get their, their buy-in and then also their ability to, um, I guess, respect whatever this, the mission?
1: I would say we were really fortunate with the group that we had because, um, you know, if you just kind of take a snapshot look at the group of guys that were here and, and kind of what their routes were prior to in the seasons leading up to um, us kind of coming on staff, And uh, they were hungry to win. And I think uh, we could have been saying some bogus stuff and they're going to buy in. (laughs) It was just just good timing. You know, I think it was a a great transition for our staff to come in. Um, And I don't think we were really challenging them to do uh, uncommon or difficult things. I think it was just more about the mentality and the self-belief in our group about if we're going to compete at the highest level we got to think at the highest level too and, and believe in ourselves at the highest level and um, I think in, in part a lot of the guys that you saw on the court last year uh, were guys that were at Ball State leading up to all these seasons so um, there's a perfect storm of 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 uh, buy-in and, and also our coaches Christian and Mike um, working with me on coming to some good common ground of things that we wanted to teach and, and influence. And I thought uh, the guys just, just did really well in, in the respect mode and, and trying to find what was going to be the best recipe for success last year.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, you know, being that uh, you've been at different programs uh, to develop to the coach that you are today, how would you describe your coaching style? Uh, is it different from what the ball state program or culture had been? Um, you know, uh, please.
1: Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know how much different it was, you know, I think just organically, you have conversations with guys on, Hey, what are some things that, you know, over the past few seasons were some emphasis specific to your position, um, your work ethic and like, what are areas where we could find and improve and, you know, for me as a coach, that's always been my model is to, you know, as, as coaches, our biggest role is to try to mentor and, and try to help, uh, these young men become the best version of the, of themselves. And, um, oftentimes that skill or it's not skill related. It's trying to get guys to see and understand, um, some of the work ethic piece and and the culture of what it takes. If you want to win games, there's a level of, um, discipline and, and behavior that you have to have. And I don't I can't judge what was before, but I, I just know that the group last year really bought into the concept of dedicating themselves to putting ourselves in the best position to be successful. And um and that's always been an objective of mine and, and my main goal. It's what makes me so passionate about coaching is working with people and trying to figure out how do I get the best out of each individual because it's those people that Help make the group successful, mm-hmm. um, and for me, that's that's been big a big centerpiece to how I've approached coaching. And um, once I could connect with each individual on the team, I just feel like when you get into group settings, you understand the dynamics of how people uh, work and and what their culture and mentality is based on where they're from. And uh, I think that that was a big piece to our success. Um, not only last year, but for most teams that I've coached um, mm-hmm. over the years.
0: Wow. Now, uh, with that, who would you say or what influence, influences have helped shape your methods, techniques, and
1: coaching style? You know, a big part, I, I've always said my upbringing, you know, how I was raised and, and some of those influences of coach coaches that I played for that, you know, were not necessarily things that I do and style, but the, uh, the life lessons that they kind of instilled and, and taught me. And, um, you know, there's a lot of coaches that I look up to and uh, kind of just in general, not only in volleyball, but in, in other professional sports too. Um, so, you know, my goal has always been taking bits and pieces of things that I think really resonate with me. Um, but I've been a, a team guy, uh, since I started coaching, trying to help groups understand that the, the power is within the group and not only in the individual and, mm-hmm. um, and tried to stick with that as best as I could. And those are, those are echoing messaging that's going on in, in our gym right now. Is just teaching guys how to work with people next to them. And I've just always felt like my upbringing and, and my, my big um, mentors and people that I looked up to were, were big influences on how I coach and how I approach coaching.
0: Yeah. Well, I know this last summer, I had come across you in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for the National Team Development Program. Um, how long have you been involved there, and how did you get involved?
1: Um, man, it's been maybe since like 2011 or 12 was my first high-performance event mm-hmm. in Tucson, Arizona. I was with like the Iowa Region HP, and, and through that event, I met um, at that time. Uh, the director of what was then called High Performance USA Volleyball High Performance, yep. um, and then from just kind of snowballed into you know different opportunities between um, the high performance event in the summer to the holiday camp that's down in in San Diego or in San Diego, um, and since then just like little opportunities along the way in some of those training groups, and um, to be honest, that's also a big part of the reason how I've become so connected with a lot of the NCAA coaches on the men's side was through my, my experience with USA Volleyball. So um, that's been full circle for me on, on that professional. And it's anytime you have an opportunity to, to help and learn, um, develop young athletes and learn from some of the best coaches in the country um, and, and represent Team USA in any capacity, I think is a pretty big um, honor. Yeah. Well, one thing I've I
0: realized from the last few years of, of well what was high performance now the NTDP but there is some phenomenal talent across the nation and then you you couple that with the amount of great NCAA coaches like I saw you uh, Ryan Ammerman the new assistant at UC Irvine, you know, Worley was there or Matt Worley, <laughs> Grand Canyon was there. Um Hawks, which I at the time was an assistant at UCLA, they've seen all these guys out there all collaborating to help develop the men's program, but also realizing these guys have so much potential. What you guys are doing—it's it's such great work
1: you guys are doing. Yeah, and you know, kudos to um, USA Volleyball for bringing those uh, minds together and and creating not only a really good opportunity for the athletes, but I think the high performance in NTDP has been an amazing platform for coaches to develop. And and if they continue to develop our coaches in the U.S., I think it only makes us better on the, at the national level and the international level.
0: Yep. Well, let's jump into the start of your first season. Um, you had a obviously high performing 2022 squad with Quinn Isaacson at the helm, Caleb Jenis at um, and transfer Angelos Mandaloris, providing the firepower at your pins and Edgar Agreva enforcing the middle. Did you imagine having the success that you had in the Miva as a first year head coach? Considering um I gosh, you went 12 and two in conference and 23 and four overall. Uh you won the, the Miva conference tournament title and the second, only the second NCAA tournament appearance since 2002. And that's a lot just right there. And there's even more, which is even
1: crazier. Yeah, you know, I mean, when when we arrived on campus and we got into our first training sessions, I knew there was it was a high level talent and and guys that really understood how to play the game. Um, and you know, some of our tweaks we made um, systematically, um, I, I think, really played into the uh, into the strengths of, of the group. Um, so yeah, going into it, I, I did feel like we were going to be able to compete. And then like anyone else, you know, you kind of get out there and um, the MIVA is a strong conference and, and you got to kind of show up every single night. And uh, after we got a couple matches under our belt, um, you, just, you start to get a sense. And I think the big one I'll go back to is that self-belief um, of each guy and of the group. And, you know, confidence goes a long way when you're trying to compete at a high level with, Opponents that expect you know big results too um so being able to um go to competition and and find some success early on, I think was a great motivational factor for the group and then as as you kind of mentioned, you know we just sort of rode that uh, momentum um kind of in the right current as we were heading into l a yeah it's it's
0: odd to seem like. I know the competition is intense in the particularly with you know teams like Ohio State, Lewis, Loyola, and, and others like uh, even Fort Wayne, and, and everyone was battling night in night out. But it seemed like, at least from a, a approach standpoint, Ball State was cruising. It's like they ne- they were so controlled. They were uh, I felt like they were never having to respond, but just were staying to the plan and were winning because they they it just they never seemed like they lost it at all. I mean, like from a composure standpoint.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, internally, I think slightly different, you know. <laughs> that's why I have you more know. gray hairs, right? <laughs> you know, you do. And it's. I think it's okay embracing that, embracing those moments and pressure and, and identifying and acknowledging that the situation is is, is a pretty um, high stressful situation in, in terms of what's on the line. But I think going back to training is... we try to create um, drills and scenarios that replicate some of those things. Now when playing on the road at Purdue Fort Wayne for what could clinch a regular season it's really hard to replicate that type of environment and, and, and um, you know, kind of uh, drills that really replicate that. But I feel like our guys were just so bought into not, allowing the situation to dictate how we perform. Um, I mean, even if you look at set one against Hawaii um, in the final four, you know, we made a really late run and that momentum I think is what helped us win game two and three. Had we packed up in set one, I think you would have seen a different type of match um, uh, or at least the flow of a match and you don't see a game five, but our group was was resilient and never allowed situations um, to dictate how we carried ourselves. And that's something that we hope will be a common factor or common see with our program.
0: Yeah. You're looking at, at some of the accomplishments just within uh, AMEVA last year. It showed it was the first time he would beaten Lewis on the road since 2016, I believe, or uh, 14. I may have get my, 2010, and you is the first time up Ohio State uh, since 2014, which are some of the most like winningest teams in the last 10 years. I mean, was that an indicator for you as to where your team could go, being that they've knocked off some of the top performing MIVA teams?
1: I think that was probably one of the greatest things about our staff is it was sort of that um, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah you know, i never as much as coach friend and and birch um are guys that from the outside when you're if you're a volleyball fan you pay attention to those things um so from the respect level absolutely it's 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 great for our program to be able to get over a hump like that mm-hmm. but you know as a coach i don't i don't really go into those matches really thinking about those types of things and um you know, you kind of take a look back now, uh, it, it is neat to see that. However, you know, that I think is why I'm sitting in, in the, the chair I am today is because that's <laughs> what the, uh, the the alumni and, and our fan base what has been really wanting was to see that edge and win or lose in those matches, you want to just make sure you're you're relevant and, and competitive. And And I think we will continue to push those top teams um, as I think they're going to respond and, and come pretty heavy in this season too.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, the, the fruits of your season rewarded you with a number two seed going to the NCAA tournament, which meant a match into the semifinal uh, against Hawaii. And it was a five setter, totally exciting matchup and um, fell short, but still it was one of the, the best matches I've seen in the NCAA tournament in some time, but um, what was that whole experience like for you and the team going through Nash, uh, national championship tournament week, you know, from cruising Santa Monica to the ABCA awards banquet, and then to that semi-final match.
1: Uh, just a really cool life experience uh, for the whole team. And, um, you know, for, for me personally, playing at that point in the year is something that has been pretty comfortable for me um, as, as a coach and being in, in that environment and preparing for those matches. I thought um, our team did great considering we hadn't been there in quite some time, but uh, yeah, it's just a great, I think if you 10, 20, 30 years from now, you talk to that group. I think that that experience that we had as a team um, at Pauli is going to be a lifelong memory for sure. And um, yeah, just the lead up and, and getting the two seed uh, and really just making it to the tournament, man, was, was exciting and um, what a better way to end the season. I mean, obviously we want to win that, but we went out and I felt like our, our group um, really represented the Ball State community in the right way, how I feel like our team conducted themselves while we were out um, at UCLA's campus. Uh, it was just a, it was a great experience. And, you know, you got to know that when you get to that point, uh, someone's got to lose. Right. And, and uh, hats off to UH, they, they had a tremendous season and um, that night they were better than us. And and that's just how it goes, you know?
0: Yep. Kind of off script question for you, but did my attempt to California Edgar work, you know, after that social media post of him in front of the Santa Monica sign with his slides and socks on and, yeah, with the rainbow he's sandals that
1: I gave him? He real slides anymore, so you, <laughs> he's, he's, uh, I, I seen him wear them one time, so <laughs> there, was, there was definitely an impact made on him, and, um, Mike and I both rock rainbows all the time, so. Well, uh, I'd expect nothing less of you. <laughs> I, I, uh, I think he got the point, but, you know, and I feel bad because we're the ones that got him those slides. <laughs> the problem is the intention was not to wear them at the beach, you know. <laughs> give them some other piece of equipment, and um, uh, so I I really appreciated calling him out on that one.
0: <laughs> Got to get that NIL deal with rainbow sandals. <laughs> <Let's> see. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about um, your connection with Hawaii because I watched the the series early on in the season and. Um even just seeing you with Coach Charlie Wade um at the NCAs, there's a, a a connection there that I, I think that people may have overlooked, but it's a really cool connection uh just between you and the Hawaii program.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh Josh Milan, um, uh Charlie and Chad, they're volunteer, you know. Chad probably being my closest friend of that staff, but um you know, I grew up watching Hawaii play and, and just have the utmost respect for um, University of Hawaii, but also the state of Hawaii. And, you know, that's where I call home. I was I was born and raised in Guam, but um, went to high school in, in Hawaii and um, just always been a big fan of of what they do. And um, when you get a chance to be on the opposing side from them, you know, none of that changes. You know, but when you go to work, it, it you know, I'm all ball state when we're playing. And uh, uh, when the last point is scored, regardless of if you're on the winning end or losing end, um, I, I respect coach Wade for what he does. And, and, you know, Charlie's been only good to me and, and the program has only been good to me. They invited us out when I was at Grandview back in, I think, 2017. So um, I got a lot of fun, fond memories of, of um, teams I've coached and Hawaii. So uh, you can, you can never discount someone when they're, when they're trying to do their best and, and put their team in best position to win as well. So, um, yeah, and we're going to see them again this upcoming year. So, um, uh, we hope that that's a relationship on the professional side to keep going. Cause I think they're always going to be good. And, and our goal at ball state is to always be in, in the conversation too.
0: Because of my excited fan side, volleyball nerd guy, is that can see them again in the fall preseason or in the
1: regular season? In the regular season. Okay. Either one of us released schedules yet, but, um, <laughs> but we'll see a, a um, replay of the match back in May um, here in a few months. So
0: Wow. Pre-season.
1: Be watching that one for
0: uh, College Volleyball Weekly for sure.
1: <laughs> I think so. It's going to be a good one.
0: Well, let me bounce this off of you. I know it's probably going to be really difficult for you to answer, but to top it all off, this this incredible rookie season, um, you ended up receiving the 2022 avca NVA Men's Division 1-2 Coach of the Year Award. Um, What goes through your mind when you look at your first-year accomplishments?
1: Oh, I don't know. I mean, the the piece of receiving the award is um, extremely humbling because that's coaches vote on that and to, uh, have the respect of your peers, uh, acknowledge, uh, the hard work and dedication that your team and staff put into everything that we do as coaches, uh, is a nice, you know, a nice nod and, and gesture to, I think, reinforcing the things we're working on. Right. And, um, but I, I I don't know, it sounds weird to say, I don't put a lot of weight into those awards, but, me that's just a reflection of um our staff and and our team putting in the work um those individual awards don't come if if the group doesn't put in the work so it was definitely a special season you know and, and for it being my first year um was a great experience of learning and and um getting a lot of things to go in our favor and and also some really big ones not going our way and um to look back at it and, and, um, be able to receive that honor was, was really cool experience for, for me. And, and, you know, honestly, my, my wife too, because she's the one that, uh, is at home a lot with our three boys when we're training and on the road in season. So, um, for our family and and being able to get that recognition is, is a pretty special moment for us at home too.
0: Yeah. Now, um, this last year, uh, who would you say, Um, Did you enjoy playing the most Uh, during could be during the uh, non conference play conference play? Was there any particular team or even match that stuck out? Ah,
1: that's a tough one. (laughs) You know, it's, it's a tough one because it depends at what point in the season we're talking. You know, obviously the Hawaii ones give us the initial momentum and confidence that we could accomplish these goals that we put down on paper before the start of the season. Um, you're playing defending champions in conference. Those are big ones. And, you know, for our guys that were here, every time we played a conference match, I'm not involved in what happened before, but they're always trying to remember, oh, you know what they did? And this is how we lost. And, you know, they got us out of the tournament. I'm like, guys, what are we talking about, man? Um, but the, every conference match, I just felt like was so high value. I mean, it was tight at one point that getting a Playing at home is, is is critical in the postseason for us, and and we're just kind of tracking what's happening around conference. But any any time we were playing some some conference matches, I just always felt like um, you kind of go into that not I wouldn't say anxious, but the the nervous excitement is mm-hmm. pretty high. Um, the Hawaii matches, as far as our gym environment and our arena was, the final against Purdue Fort Wayne was a pretty pretty epic um, atmosphere
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and first and second night against Hawaii was insane. I mean, the, probably the larger crowds that we've seen. um, So, so those, maybe those two kind of stand out. Um, And then set five of the UCLA (laughs) long match, like waiting in the hallway, like them going to five was uh, sort of, yeah, that was nuts too. So. Um and, and we weren't even playing in that one, but just to get the the momentum going for our match was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I couldn't even imagine seeing that hallway when UCLA's up two-nothing. You're like, oh, let's start warming up. Where we're, we're gonna go. And then Long Beach turned it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, we weren't doing that, but you gotta prepare yourself for yeah. the 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 momentum of the game ahead of you. And um, I mean that warm-up felt like forever. Yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, you know, we're Um, we're not on Eastern time, but, you know, for us in our mind, we're like, wow, okay. Uh, I know our fans were kind of itching to, to log into a game and, (laughs) um, but yeah, it was just, uh, there's a, there's a handful, but I feel like the final, uh, the tournament final was pretty big. As a matter of fact, I guess us against Purdue Fort Wayne at Fort Wayne. Um, and that's the night that Ohio state beat Loyola, which gave us the clinch, Mm -hmm. um, for the regular season too, that was um uh, uh, those are pretty i think significant uh matches that that i can recall back to uh, pretty well
0: yep well i've got to ask now we as we move into this this 2023 season but how will you build off of your 2022 success and parlay that into the 23 season
1: well i mean we have we feel like with our returners we got a lot of our, um, system stuff that were sort of newer introduction last fall. And now we're building off of that. We have a lot of new guys. So in some contexts, we're almost in the same place. Um, but yeah, I think, I think a lot of it is now we have established a little bit of the culture and the expectations of, of, of what we, uh, are, are hoping out of the guys and, and likewise with our staff, you know, and I feel like we, knowing where things are and just understanding and having a little bit more comfort in that piece is, uh, is going to be helpful, but um, we have a lot of pieces that return. So, you know, our goal is is to try to get back to where we ended. Um, And Mm -hmm. that is relying on the guys that now have that experience of um, winning the conference and being at the final four and what it takes to get to that point. There's a lot of really good leadership in the gym that could echo what types of actions and behavior have to match those types of expectations, and I feel like we're we're doing a pretty good job of that right now.
0: Yeah. Now, um, with fall competition coming up and the 2023 season, just a couple months away, which is weird to hear myself say, but what new and old faces will be on your roster this year that uh, the fans can expect to see?
1: Well, we got nine new faces uh, and. Uh, You know, and I think uh, uh, a lot of those guys of new faces are are guys that are in the gym pushing um, returners um, to compete at a high level. Uh, But, you know, between Vanis and Felix in the middle coming back, um, Caleb being back on the left side, um, and I'm just referring to guys that were, you know, on the court a lot last year. Right. Um, Fireball Ball, also on the right, you know, I think filled in uh, really well as a, as a role player when Agalos was down last year. Um, so, you know, Caleb is, is spent a really impressive summer with the national team, and I think he uh, has been able to sustain a lot of the training he was doing um, throughout the summer and has translated that into the fall, which I think just huge impact for our guys. Um, and Felix and Vanis... Kind of our stabilizers in the middle, um, I think are setting a really good tone there. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to see some new hands for sure with Quinn graduating. Um, Dave Flores, who was our second setter last year, is now competing with two new guys. And um, same thing, you know, just the tone of competition in the gym every day um, has been really elite. And I think our guys are responding and have a lot of bad days too. I mean, like. Yeah. We're learning a lot right now, and um, when we're when we're doing well, it looks good. And and when we're when we're struggling, I think it's things you expect to see in the fall. So, um, if we continue to incline in the direction we're headed, I, I feel like we'll be prepared to kind of be competitive in the conference again.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned Caleb training over the summer, and I know he was on some uh, USA rosters, but I also know that he was on
1: a beach roster as well. <laughs> <laughs> and what's that? He loves volleyball. He's nonstop volleyball. Well, it's pretty darn
0: good for someone who uh, is one of the top in the indoor game right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I think when I first met Caleb, one of his aspirations was that after college, you know, this possibility to transition to outdoor because it's just he just loves the he just loves the beach game, and um, yeah, just an impressive player and. I think what's more impressive is you would think someone that plays that much volleyball would at one point rest and relax and maybe R&R. But I mean, if he's not playing here, we got to kind of slow him down because he's trying to play at the, at the beach courts or, or on grass, you know, when it was nice out. So, um, yeah, he's just he's 24-7 volleyball guy
0: yeah it, that definitely uh confirms everything i was thinking because you're doing the usav beach ntdp in the beginning of the summer then you shut up on a bunch of usav ntd the u19s or u21 teams like does this guy take a break <laughs> i'm trying to teach him
1: some moderation stuff in that context but uh, <laughs> like, when you're young and your arm is like a rubber band you know you just kind of can keep going i guess <laughs> i love that um
0: So uh, with that fall competition is starting up, but where will Ball State be competing here in the fall? Well,
1: On the 29th, um, we're going to be in Columbus at Ohio State. um, And I think it'll be us and and Charleston there. Uh, The following weekend, we're at Purdue Fort Wayne in a little uh, MIVA preview um, tournament that uh, Mr. Rock is hosting. And And then we have the uh, Miva Hall of Fame class of 2022 um, hosted here at Ball State on November 12th, and that will preview Lindenwood, ourselves, Ohio State, and Purdue-Fort Wayne. So um, those are three dates that we're using right now against outside competition, Um, and I think it'll be a good measuring stick. You know, I I enjoy fall volleyball and think it's a good, um, it's a good opportunity to compete against people outside of the gym, obviously, but um, to actually use the repetition to to kind of see uh, some things we need to continue to work on in the gym.
0: Yeah. Um, how do you feel the competition will be uh, in the, I'm sorry, the spring, once things get dialed in, in the Amoeba? Because you know, we know that it's getting ultra competitive across the nation. And Amoeba, I think, has the highest, I think, or the fastest growth, growth of competition within each, the conference. So um, there's a lot of talent spread in that, in the conference.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I don't know exactly where everybody is going to be, but what I have a lot of um, confidence in is the coaches ability at each of the programs in the MIVA. Um, Those are coaches that I look up to and and also our guys that I know, work hard, you know, between all of our schools. And, um, I I just don't feel like the Miva from the top team to the bottom team, you could ever walk into a match and feel like you could be 70% prepared and expect to win. Um, but I know that, uh, there's going to be some teams that return a lot of guys and and some teams that have some pretty big gaps to fill, uh, Mm elves included, but, um, you mentioned earlier about the record with ourselves and Lewis and like Ohio State is, you know, teams like Loyola and Ohio State and um, and uh, and Lewis, it, they just they coach to win and they're successful um, and, and they are national championship cultured teams and when I remind myself about that and we remind our team about that in practice, is everyone is trying to win in our conference and believes that they could not only win conference championships, but national championships. And when that's the level and the, the expectation set in our conference, then it's, um, it's pretty clear how, how disciplined you got to be if you want to compete at that level. So um, my guess is that the usual suspects are going to be really good again. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and the teams that, you know, struggle to put results um in the wins column are going to do a really good job of getting their athletes back to, to the level that they need to do, um, to win more matches. So competitive, uh, Queens. So in 24, you know, that's a, that's a new addition that we're going to now have to, um, have in our, in our schedule. So.
0: Oh, that's twenty four. I thought it was actually coming up this season. Uh, with yeah, Queens. I think a lot of our
1: teams are scheduling Queens in twenty three, um, but uh, but they won't be eligible for the postseason until the f- following season.
0: Gotcha. <clears throat> now if uh, my memory serves me well, four of the last ten national titles have gone to Miva teams. So, uh, but check me on that. <laughs> See, it's uh, the Loyola back to backs, Ohio State back to backs. So. Uh,
1: a pretty solid resume for the Miva. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, that's kind of the thing I always refer back to is, and and then you know you even looking at Lewis, you know they're always in the mix. Um, and Coach Friend has always put in his program in position to win. And um, those are the kind of coaches that we're competing against, and and the impact that they have on their student athletes is is pretty. Amazing. And um, yeah, like you said, if our if our record keeps heading in that direction, you know, I, I would expect that Amoeba team is going to come out on top at the end of the year um, here real soon.
0: Yep. Now, uh, I know it's it's super early, but I wanted to get a sense of who you thought some of the top players would be this upcoming season throughout the NCAA.
1: <clears throat> oh, man. I do think it's super early, um, but you know, I, I would say any of the top performers returning from last year. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, the, the one thing I did learn last season is that, um, you know, you we had someone like Quinn. You know, um, not that he out of nowhere arrived. He's always been a high performing setter, but um, you know, a lot of those results you know, sort of change the landscape of, of how individuals perceived in, in the country and some accolades they start to get down the stretch. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm hoping Caleb is uh, gonna be someone that we continue to see kind of escalate to, to the next level. Um, um, and then Felix Agareva in the middle for us and even Vanis Buchholz, our, our other middle. Yeah, I think those are guys that are going to really have what we're hoping to have some standout years. But um, I don't know, man. I just I try to pay attention and stay in our lane. And um, <clears throat> as they come across and not try to get too far ahead of myself in, in that context.
0: Yeah, I'll be a Vandis Buckholz. He's got to represent our area here in Newport Beach. So,
1: you know, <laughs> he's doing well and he's healthy. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he's a he's a he's a new guy this year. Just uh, yep after you finish your freshman year, I think there's some things that just click and things are clicking for them. Yep.
0: I got a couple of questions from a uh, volley talk and from Instagram and um, give to you and just have you ever spawn. Like I said, I just like to get some crowd engagement here, but they wanted me right. to ask particularly what can be done to get men's volleyball on TV more often was one of them.
1: Wow. Um, I think, you know, at least at Ball State, I feel like we do a really good job of our media team having the support to to put the type of quality of, of um, coverage out there. Uh, but, you know, you, you see that right now, it seems to be a very hot topic on the women's side. Um, and a lot of that I feel like is just the awareness of how many people are actually big volleyball fans. I, I, I don't know enough to, I think, have a um, a good opinion or voice on what it takes on the business side to actually get those air times and and what it takes to convince the people that make those decisions to understand that you got to be able to put the product in front of people in order for them to at at least have the opinion if they like it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like if there's something we're kind of learning on the women's side is just getting that messaging out and, and, and kind of um, pushing to get more coverage it seems to be the social media is a great avenue to push that agenda. Um, And, you know, if we could get that same, those same types of um, figures also recommending for men's volleyball, I think would be very helpful. Um, And, you know, some of that is their their fan bases and there's just so many more schools participating. Um, But when it comes down to the decisions, I don't know how those are made, but you know I, I do feel like men's volleyball is extremely exciting to watch and trying to put uh, how do we showcase our product the best and, and how do we showcase our student athletes and, and a lot of that is being able to have um, the team to put the production on, I think just makes it so much more appealing um, and I think places at least that we play um, do a great job of what kind of coverage and live streams they're they're putting out there.
0: Yeah actually, even as we were talking, like, you know, one of the uh, previous coaches that we had on made the suggestion of playing at the women's championship match, like a pre-match with the, you know, I know it'd be a different team on the men's side because of graduation, but like, let's say having a team from the semis to the finals play right before the women's national championship match as an
1: exhibition. Yeah. In terms of promotion, I, I think that sounds like a great idea. Um, I think there are some things that we, we could um, take advantage of opportunities like that. And um, that would also require us to be open to that idea on on the women's side, too, you know, um, logistically. And being able to showcase that, I think, would be a really cool idea. Yep. Here's a,
0: my favorite question. I, I'm certain that it comes from a UH volleyball fan, but they ask, what your favorite place to play away games is at other than UH <laughs>
1: well UH for sure um and then um I mean it's hard this is like a rookie you know like you're kind of asking a rookie it's hard to shy away from the uh, type of following um and and atmosphere that is played at BYU um for us I feel like anytime uh we're at Louis, Loyola, or Ohio State. um, Somehow people's voices get louder and more people, there's more uh, people in in seats there. Um, I personally really like playing at Ohio State. Um, I I, I like their setup. is a super nice arena. And um, and I, I do feel like the more we compete, my hope is that we'll continue to be the team that when we show up, um, people want to show up and, and cheer against us in some, in some way, cheer <laughs> a little bit more uh, into the match. And, and that's what makes it fun um, yeah. is creating those environments. So uh, conference, probably those three schools. And then BYU was both nights we played there was pretty loud, but boys special, man. Uh, it's a cool place to play. And that's, that's, that's tough to beat.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of coaches are and, and players feel the same. It's just a great respectful uh, atmosphere, then, and the people know the game, so it's hard not to, like, be in there. So. Was I
1: supposed to say Ball State? I don't even know. If- <laughs> well, well it's, it's it's an away but... game. It's a away game, okay. so you're good. Okay, we're solid. I <laughs> we love our arena. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've been watching the streams. It looks like it's a pretty happening place during your matches, so I, I don't blame you for wanting to say it. Yeah, okay, Cool. Um, This question I didn't prep you for, but I think it'd be good being that I've been talking to the rookie coaches or even uh, the new hires because literally within the last week we found out of another coach. But um, yeah, so Hawks is at, sorry, I should go. John Hawks is at Loyola. (laughs) You've got John Winder at Pepperdine and now Brad Rostratter at UC San Diego. As you go into your year two, what advice would you have for them going into their year one?
1: Oh man, those guys are extreme professionals. So, so I don't know if there's anything I, I could give them that, uh, that is going to help them out because uh, those guys are are headed in the right direction already. So, um, but, you know, for me it was just about enjoying uh, the opportunity to, to coach at elite programs and all the programs you were just referring to between OPEP, UCSD, and and all of those are institutions that I think uphold athletics to a very high standard. And being a, a good representative of that is is just a a great opportunity. And and I know those guys are going to do well. Well, it could have been a personal recommendation, like hygiene,
0: like products for hair, but the <laughs> fox doesn't have hair, so.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, shoot! Well. <laughs> I did laugh. I just, you said it. I was just kind of <laughs> watch Ted Lasso, right? That that's your, your piece of advice. There we go. Uh, yeah. Super excited for, for all three of them. And, um, and the cool thing is, you know, I, I will say on topic and maybe off topic is, um, what has made my experience at ball state so unique is, um, yeah you know, the community amongst men's volleyball coaches it really is a very fostering and like uplifting group of of coaches um, at any level, you know and and I think as we continue to not just grow the game and in, in the way of um, how do we get coverage, but how do we support coaches uh, on the men's side and and being so open-minded to The cross um, sharing of of information and and the not so cutthroat recruiting approaches and and really looking at the game and what that means as a life experience for these student athletes. I think that's probably been the best thing for me in the last year has been seeing that from a different angle. And I think a lot of the coaches that are uh, involved in the men's game are... Yeah, just a lot of really good people and people that are, I, I think, have their best interests, uh, the student athletes best interests at mind. And in effect, you know, we just have such a good community of coaches and and that's been awesome to see.
0: Well, all great stuff you shared today and uh, on screen with me here on College Volleyball Weekly, uh, ABCA 2022. Uh, Coach of the Year, Ball State, Donan Cruz, thanks for your time today. I appreciate uh, your candidness and your transparency and just an insight into your year one and your program.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me and always looking forward to tuning into all the content you put out there. We appreciate it.